The California Connection is here and we are live. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's to everybody here that is watching. Uh, happy Hearts Day. That's what I like to call it. Um, we have AW Dynamite to talk about today. Red, yes. welcome to the show. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks for the introduction, Denise. It's your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. It's Valentine's Day and Denise is doing a podcast and not being with her husband. That's where life lands you sometimes if you're a content creator. Her husband's probably in the back with chocolates, flowers, just waiting. And she's like, I got to record. Talk about wrestling. Like, what kind of life are you living over there, Denise Salcedo? I'm being scolded for not being out enjoying my life and out yes. here showing up for work. Look, the way that yes. I see it, okay, is that I pay half the roof in this house, okay? I pay oh, for half the about money. This internet that is happening right now this light <laughs> that you are seeing those are the bills that i pay wow. so if my hubby and everybody in this house which is just two people mm. want this stuff paid i gotta show up to work okay this isn't <laughs> fantasy land he started I talking like go a out. damn destiny child song what happened here <laughs> <laughs> the light on my house i bought oh. it the room <laughs> It's true. People gotta work, okay? No, but real talk, I'm going out to dinner tomorrow night since Thursdays are my uh, evenings off. But right. Reg, have you noticed anything interesting about this stream? Uh, I got a new little fancy thing on my thing. I like that. Whatever that is. What is that? It says OG Righteous Reg, but do you know why? No, I don't. You don't know why I'm putting this out there? No. No. Okay, well, I'm gonna remind you reg and for the people that didn't see this on twitter we are now going by og righteous reg and this is why on february 9th <laughs> this weekend reg tweeted a kid behind me at the grocery store said sup og where did you get those kicks and now i'm on my way to the retirement home i ain't og yet man damn <laughs> Reg, I was laughing about this all weekend. Oh, I had man. this planned for a whole week. I was like, I'm going to chill Reg. I'm going to put OG on, on his layout. Dude. I didn't know where this was going. Like, what is Denise talking about? Yeah, I am the OG. I am cool. And then you put up this tweet. Come on, Denise. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the grocery store just like putting my groceries away. And this little dude behind me is like, what's up, OG? I'm like, oh, gee, dude, how old do you think I am? I'm not a grandpa out here. Whatever. <laughs> he liked my sneakers. But, Denise, I'm not the OG yet. It's not time. I'm not old enough. That 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 is something sprung upon somebody, 40-plus at least. How old was the kid? He probably was like 12. Okay, see, to like 12-year-olds, you look like way older. If the, if the guy would have been like 16, 18, 20, no. then yeah. that would have been messed up. But since it's like a little kid, to It'll them, like 12. – adults just look like way older like they probably thought you were like 60. yeah <laughs> damn denise <laughs> reg i have a question when you start to gray are you gonna dye your hair or are you just no, gonna let it be denise i got a couple grays in my beard and i'm so excited like i want to be full-on silver fox gray hair like no i'm not getting away from that that's exciting to me i want to have long gray dreads I want to be the old man out here looking like that. That's an exciting element to me, Denise. I'm all in. Like, I don't know why. Do just for men commercials come on and dudes are like, well, I'm like, nah, dude, you better embrace that. Like, what's the deal? I don't know. Like, what are you running from? 
I don't know. I feel like guys with gray hair, they start to, people look at them and they go, oh, that guy, he's probably very wise. You know, people, people listen to the OG. like, oh, yeah, they listen to the OGs. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to be gray hair, silver fox. And you know, the ladies like it like that too. Also, it does helps a little bit. There's some extras on here, but yeah, I'm not afraid of it. I'm embracing it all the way. If you're old, you're getting old and people could see it in your face and how you move and how you dress. So whatever. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to come out there looking like you're not dressing appropriately for your age. <laughs> I might not be, be. this little kid, like this 12 year old likes my gear. How am I doing something wrong? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even lying to you for this whole weekend since you tweeted that I have been laughing my ass off about it. And I could not wait for this show just to talk about um, it. Um, but I also have one more thing that I have to scold you for Reg. Sorry, this is scold Reg day. You're not wearing pink. And I had said that today we were going to come on here and wear pink. I'm doubling the pink, bro. What do you think this is, Denise? I didn't agree to this last week. You were like, we're doing, I'm like, I don't know if we're doing this. Like, yeah, I wasn't prepped for this. I don't even have anything pink. All my Bret Hart shirts are somewhere gone. Denise got me into this Valentine's Day things, a made up holiday by Hallmark to sell, I don't know, whatever. I hope everybody's having a great Valentine's Day out there. I wore purple to maybe, uh, offset it okay i will take the purple uh actually we're in the colors of this show finally look at oh. our graphics we're pink and purple this is working yeah. out all right guys well we got aew dynamite to talk about and this we are i think what did i tweet 18 days away from aew revolution 18 days away from sting's final match man does that even comprehend because it's not even comprehending in my brain that that's happening in 18 days yeah, no, it's like we've been watching Sting on our TV for so long, Denise. Like, it doesn't fit. It felt like at one point he's never going to retire. This was going to be 80 and still here. But to know it's like every day's a day closer to the last time we'll see this guy in our on our TVs on a consistent basis. And he's going out on top, essentially, Denise. Everything we saw him do these last couple of years have been awesome. We cheer every time he has a match, it's like the coolest thing we've seen. And he's going out on top. It feels like, damn, we need more Sting, but we don't, dude. He's a grandpa. Like, it's time for him to go and chill and not jump off very high things in every arena he's in. Because he's OG. If anybody is. <laughs> it's your boy, Big Stinger. <laughs> You're going to Revolution, aren't you, Denise? Yeah, I'm excited. Wow. I'm going to be there. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, mm -hmm. I wonder what the atmosphere is going to be like. Do you think some people will cry a little bit? Oh, 1,000%. It's like... There's so many, it's been like legit for my entire life. There's a couple wrestlers that like go beyond pro wrestling and, and the scope of what it is. There's some wrestlers that you just know their name. And for a long time, Sting was the face of an entire brand. When you thought about WCW, it was like Sting. When people talked about WCW, it was Sting. I remember, I'll never forget, I was in second grade. This kid got me, a, uh, he had birthday invitations, WCW, yellow and purple. Sting right there on the front like he's been the brand representing for so long and to know that this is it and he's going out against the young bucks Denise I'm very excited so yeah knowing the history of that face painting everything he represents there's going to be tears there's going to be all kinds of wild stuff you'll probably be crying too because you're a little girl so yeah it should be fun. <laughs> I'm not going to cry, Reg, okay? The last thing I want is to be those people that get caught on camera crying. Ooh, you know they're going to find you too, Denise. They can't wait to see you cry. Oh, hells no. Oh, <laughs> hells no. But 
So I want to start a little bit of some drama. Can I start Ooh. some drama? I'm going to yes, start yes, some yes. drama here on the chat. And I want the chat people to get in on this. I'm going to start the drama. So there was a Twitter discourse the last couple of days or however long on Twitter. And it was people arguing about who had a better career, Sting or The Undertaker. Did you see that? I did see this. I did see this. I saw a lot of this. I have thoughts. What are your thoughts? I'm curious because like I have my thoughts, but like, what are yours? <laughs> As a lifelong WWE fan specifically, <clears throat> I knew uh, the, the legacy of The Undertaker, all of it. I've seen it from the inception until the end. And for the beginning of the, the Undertaker career, it was not the greatest stuff. He was in a, he was the sideshow. He was in there against the biggest guys, the fattest guys, the tallest guys. He was the undertaker. He was the gimmick. He lived it. Paul Bear with the urn, all that. He was that guy. It wasn't until like 1996 or something where he got to cook. He got another Bret Hart. He got into the, have these opportunities. But he really, really didn't start being a great in-ring talent till like 2005 and stuff. So there's been like moments and stuff where he has not been the best. So there's no way that I could ever put him, if we're talking in ring, we're talking anything over Sting. Sting, like I said, I've led us into this by saying he represented the a whole brand. He was the face of a brand. The whole 1997 NWO, the only reason NWO really, really, really was hot as it was, because they were chasing after Sting. Like Undertaker's never had something where the whole thing is based around him. And Sting's been in a number of those. And from jump, he's always been a really good worker, and he became a great worker. Couldn't put Undertaker over Sting. Taker, he has an incredible career. I think WrestleMania 25 against Shawn Michaels is the best WWE match ever, like, by far. But it's Sting. So that's the thing. Like, I was kind of looking at this, and I was going, I really feel like it depends on the person's fandom, how they're looking at this. Because if you grew up solely a WWE fan and you didn't watch WCW, chances are like you still definitely knew who Sting was. That just kind of yeah. shows who Sting is and the power, and the, the star power that he had. But I think people that are primarily WWE fans are clearly going to see it as The Undertaker because like he had his streak. He's, he's a character that like there's never going to be another Undertaker ever no. again. Like point blank, you cannot duplicate The Undertaker. And and so, like, I was kind of first seeing it, like, okay, I get why, you know, people are saying it would be The Undertaker. But then there was something that I thought about. And then you kind of already highlighted a lot of uh, Sting's career. But there was one big thing that I feel is kind of carries over in winning the argument for Sting being the one with the better or bigger career, however you want to phrase that, is that Sting didn't need WWE or yeah. Vince McMahon to become the icon Sting. And that within itself, I feel carries a whole lot of leverage in this argument that people were having. But again, I guess it just depends on people's perspective, but I do kind of see it a little bit more on the Sting side for sure. Yeah, I think the at the point that Sting went to WWE, I think he only went there because his fans, like he was like, there's something that my fans really have been talking about for 20 years at this point. They think like there's this empty thing. He could have finished out his career, never went to WWE and have been fine. I think he went there just to be like, here you guys go. I finally did it. Maybe they'll give me this match with the undertaker. They fucking did it, but we got <laughs> to where we are. But yeah, Sting is just, done it at a high level in different play. He done it in WCW. He did it in TNA. He did it in AEW now. And he is little stint in WWE. So 
he didn't need WWE, but he did go and do that. It's just like his resume is just grander. And that's nothing against The Undertaker. Like, if you make a Mount Rushmore of WWE guys, like, he's up there. Oh, 1,000%. And like I said, like, you can't duplicate The Undertaker, but you also can't duplicate Sting. So mm-hmm. uh, there you go. Um, I wanted to, st- I don't know why I started off with that topic, but it just <laughs> popped into my head while we were sitting here talking about Sting. But I'm going to go ahead and get into some Super Chats here, and then we'll go ahead and dive into what went down on AEW Dynamite. First things first, as always, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for gifting five DWL memberships. We got Crazy101 who says, what an episode of Dynamite Revolution look revolution looking lit shy town spurs says matt effing taven possibly the best showcase for him that he has had by far tonight on aw we'll get to that in a second roberto arsenal says tony storm segment was perfect osprey's first match as a member of the aw roster seems like a five star in the making we got taylor cannon here who's been a dwl member for 12 months who says what up kelly connection hope you both are well Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Grapple Geekery says, getting old is hell, Reg. Man, I don't. And my birthday's coming up too, Denise. Where are you getting me? When's your birthday? March 11th. March 11th? Oh, I got to put it on the calendar. Remind me. I got to put this on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Patrick S. says, OG Reg. <laughs> Look Matt- what you didn't start it. <laughs> Matt Logan says, excellent show tonight. Uh, main events had the crazy bumps. Thank you so much to Matt Logan for the super chat. We got Corey MacArthur who says, happy Valentine's Day. Denise, and where is the pink Reg? See? See the people? Like, we promised it. Like, here I am. We. This. <laughs> I booked this match, Reg. And I keep, now all of a sudden, I'm out here not delivering to the people. <laughs> How dare you do that to your fans through me, Denise? <laughs> uh, we got delayed grats here who says that death match was better than it deserved to be. AEW gave us a death match for Valentine's and gave Reg a segment with Shayna Wayne. Oh, the second Shayna Wayne came out, I was like, yo, here we go. We got some topics here for um, the post show. But since the most comments that we've gotten so far are about that main event, <laughs> sorry, Reg, I don't know why I did this to you. We got Frito Cat here who says, oh man, Reg. Come on. <laughs> I did you dirty, bro. I don't know why you did this to me. We're supposed to be nice to people on Valentine's Day, Denise. You no. hand them a little card. Bam, bam, bam. Did you do that in school, Denise? Get you, oh, yeah. The night before, get you a little whole, like, oh, Jonathan and Lizzie and Jeffrey. And then you bring up cookies and you bring the plate of cards. That yes, I did. My mom. Yeah, I know you did. You totally would. That's a Denise thing to do. I used to show up with candy bags for the whole class. I was that person. So yeah, I, I thought about this a whole lot. Definitely. Denise, you were, um, you forgot to give us homework, uh, kid in school, huh? To the teachers? No comment. Yeah, you, I know you were. Hey, teach, you forgot. Everybody's like, teacher, Denise, shut up. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm just a good girl. What can I say? (laughs) Okay, so since we're talking about most of our comments have been about the death match, we might as well start there. Uh, This was the main event, Orange Cassidy versus Matt Taven, Texas death match. And there were some really cool spots that some of the people have mentioned here already, some of which include Matt Taven going straight head first into this table. Uh, like it's nobody's business going right into some thumbtacks, some big moments. Both guys get busted open. Uh, Reg, I'll be honest with you. When I saw that this match was announced, I feel like it's been such a long time since I've seen 
the version of Matt Taven that I've enjoyed because I have enjoyed his work in Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor pre-AW, pre Tony Khan owning Ring of Honor. Uh, The work that Matt Taven did there, I was a fan of, but it's been a long time since since I had seen that version of Matt Taven that when this match was announced, I wasn't like, I didn't even move. Honestly, I didn't even move. And this match ended up being a really good one. And like I said earlier, the best thing we have seen from Matt Taven in AEW Dynamite by a landslide. You know, Denise, the, earlier in the show, they had announced that this was going to be the main event. And I was like, this, are you sure? Like, I love, like, I'm a big Orange Cassidy fan, and I like the Righteous a lot. Like, I'm not the Righteous, sorry, the Kingdom a lot. They deserve to be ROH Tag Team Champions. But I was like, this match specifically, the main event with this show. But then they had the match, and I was like, oh, I see why. We got a bloody, bloody brawl here, Denise. And also when they announced the Texas Deathmatch, I was like, we just kind of had that Texas Deathmatch. It's been a few months, but it's still fresh in people's minds. Are people going to remember? Like, this was so different than that, though. I think Orange Cassidy has been on a run i've seen people being kind of i don't want to say bored or or they're at this point of like orange cassidy's uh he's been doing a lot he's always on tv but maybe it's time for him to take a break i don't think so i think he's an incredible talented guy he should be put into positions like this and this match is exactly why there was thumbtacks denise there was tables it was bloody as hell both guys were busted open very disgustingly i thought it was a really good finish too with the orange punch punch with the chain The thumbtack spots, like Matt Taven, I think has, we all know he has this in him. He's a former former Ring of Honor world champion, but being in the tag team with uh, Mike Bennett and kind of the situations they've been in the last couple months, he hasn't really got the chance to showcase who he really is. And today was like, oh yes, Matt Taven, that's the former Ring of Honor world champ. That's the guy with the most confidence in the world. This match was awesome. If you want to seek out something from the show, this is right here, some hardcore blunder great match right here i liked it a lot yeah it's true because when you talk about that texas death match obviously when i say the texas death match that we're talking about we all know it's hangman page and swerve strickland because what they did there was kind of hard to top honestly and given the the quick turnaround because when was that november Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not even too long ago. Whatever. Four yeah. months, three months later, we're sitting here doing this death match on Dynamite. And of course, it wasn't anywhere near the level of what we saw with those guys, but it was still very different and very, very entertaining. And I didn't mind it again because we're all talking about here this like Valentine's Day massacre type of thing. So mm. it was very on brand to do this for the show. And because it was such a big win for Matt Taven, that's why I enjoyed this. But also, we were just talking about this last week. I had said that we need something edgier for this Undisputed Kingdom situation. This is the best thing that's happened to the Undisputed Kingdom. By far, Denise. Like, this is the type of stuff we want to see them in. If they're going to be doing this angle where they all interfere and do matches, do it in this. Like, have these guys. Like, why should we care about these guys at all? Like, before tonight, it was hard. Like, even with the Wardlow segment that we'll talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about it now, Reg. As soon as you're it's done like, with your thought. It's like, all right. Still, I'm like, what is going on with this group? Are we going to ever care about it? Is anybody ever going to care? And then they did this main event. I'm like, that's how you do it right there. Just give us some good matches. Give us some good stories. Let these guys be these guys because they've been on some kind of leash for some reason and just let them off the leash. Let them off the leash. That's good. That's good. But Wardlow is still currently on that leash. He had this squash match against Barrett Brown. 
Now, we have seen a lot of Wardlow squash matches. We've seen the Powerbomb Symphonies. Yeah. I would say more than half of the squash matches, if I was rating these squash matches, okay, just the Wardlow squash matches that we've seen on a scale of 1 to 10, based off of what I saw here tonight, all the other matches would be like on a level 8 and 10. Because today's squash match was, for me, like a 0.2. I can't even like, like, I know it's, we know it's a squash match, right? Right. We know that. Mm -hmm. But this squash match almost didn't deserve to be called a squash match. Because I feel like in a squash match, the person getting squashed should be getting squashed. (laughs) This was more so like. I don't know how to explain it. Like, am I wrong here? Like, was this match not in slow motion? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. There was points where it's like, there's in the squash match, it's like, all right, the guy is getting over on the person, blah, blah, blah. He's posing. But there was like dead spots and there shouldn't be dead spots because they don't have enough time for dead spots. It's a squash match. Yeah, there was the, the amount of time that they used and what was utilized. Interesting. This whole war, though, experiment is not an experiment at this point because I don't feel like they're trying anything new, Denise. Like, we've been seeing the same thing for the last two years, and he has no momentum. He has nothing behind him. And I still feel like it's a very easy fix. You could get to a place with him because he still has that presence. He still has that aura. But as soon as the bell rings, we don't care. He's got the look. This man can do a freaking swanton at his size. Like, what the hell? I mean, freaking Centon, whatever the hell he does, all right? He goes all crazy. We know what he does. But it's like, what is happening here? So I went on Twitter, by the way. And I know we shouldn't be relying on Twitter. I don't care. It's my favorite app, okay? I'm going to go and I'm going to see what the people are saying. And I searched Wardlow right when the match was happening after it happened to see what the people were saying. And I almost wish that, like, everybody who... It was very obvious, Reg, at this point that the IWC is sort of feeling like they're really, really over this at this point. Like they're sort of turning on Wardlow, but not in the turn that you would want. Not like we hate him. He's a bad heel. It's like we're bored. And that's yes, it's just the boredom. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. It's not like, oh, this is like bad. It's just boring. And Mm -hmm. that's a problem. Like this guy is the total package in the sense that he's got the look. He's got all of that. But the story around these squash matches, it has to, has to end. I've never said that something has to end like so definitively in my life. But these squash matches, that's it. They have to come to an end. Like, I cannot tolerate these squash matches anymore. What's it leading to, Denise? Like, they've been telling us that he's going to challenge for the world championship, but he ain't anytime soon. We know that he's not the number one contender. He ain't even in the top five. So, like, what what story are you guys telling us with Ward, though? You've been telling the same story, and we are not getting it. I told you what they need to do, Denise. He comes on. I'm not Wardlow. I'm Michael Wardlow, blah, blah, blah. Change everything because we are not getting this. The presentation, something needs to be done because, like I said, and like we said, they still got something, and it doesn't have to be the end. But if they just keep doing what they're doing here, it's not going to work. Yeah, and I feel bad because I almost feel like every week we come on here and we say the exact same thing, but then I'm like, okay, we're getting the exact same thing every week. My thoughts and feelings have not changed. It's 
It legit, they can run like a super cut of us being like, we're the, we're the same conversation like 20 times at this point. Change it but up. It's not our fault. You Change guys, stop showing us this. This stop is a pro this. show. We talk when they about got what we to, saw. Uh, when they got to the match, Denise, and they're like, Adam Cole's here on commentary, and then he didn't say anything. And he, I'm like, what is this? Why are we doing this they seem even way lower than they were when i was mad initial initially now they don't have any plans besides the roderick strong thing on the other end they got nothing and it's like yo these are a lot of talented wrestlers like this shouldn't be happening why is this happening have you ever had non-dairy cheese mm -hmm. you have did have. you like it no it's bad really like, okay vegan pizza oh god you guys why please help so me. I recently started eating non-dairy cheese and I really thought that it was going to be like terrible, right? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Mm -hmm. No, you, you don't know where I'm going with this. You I don't, don't know, know where I'm going with this, I Reg. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with this. I thought the non-dairy cheese was going to be terrible. It was actually really freaking good. It's come to a different place. I was vegan for a while, uh, probably like six, seven years ago. And vegan cheese back then was awful. Technology changes all the time, and it has gotten much better. But it was bad for a while, really bad. But I bring this up because as I was watching the squash match, I was thinking about the freaking cheese. <laughs> That's how bored out of my mind was that I was thinking about how good <laughs> my non-dairy cheese is. And then I thought, my God, I prefer non-dairy cheese over these freaking squash matches. What are we doing here? <laughs> Literally, Reg, that's what was going in my mind as I was watching this match. I was like, you know, like that non-dairy cheese is not oh, bad. Oh my God. That's a like, imagine getting a review for your match and like, I would rather have been eating non-dairy cheese than watching this. That's crazy. I know. What are they going to do, Denise? I don't know, but I feel really bad about it though. I will say that I feel really bad about it. And Me I too. hope that they figure it out because yeah. it's not what you want to see, right? Like, it's just not where we were at with any of this. Uh, like when, we, the, when the devil thing was going on with MJF and everybody every week, we were talking about who, who's it going to be and all this. There was general excitement around this. It's not the same. Dude, we had at least like two months worth of podcasting material, maybe a month and a half, where all it was was the devil, the devil, MJF, the devil. Mm -hmm. And now that's like dead in the water. No one is talking about that. No, we don't care about that. We don't even want to think about it. We don't want to reminisce. And when we see these guys on TV, we run. Shouldn't be like this. Like I said, a bunch of talented, talented, talented individuals, some of the best wrestlers in the world, that could still be who they need to be. Fix it and fix it now. We got Sheldon Jackson here who sends in a super chat saying off topic, but prayers for Shotzi because yesterday I said that for some odd reason on the main roster, whenever Shotzi gets an opportunity, something always goes awry. I feel for her truly. So it's it's crazy because Sheldon had mentioned this on the NXT post show. And I was like, oh, no, like she's been great. Everything's been going fine, blah, 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 whatever. I finished this post show. I go on Twitter and the spoilers are out for uh, the tapings of that match. And it said that Shotzi had gotten hurt. And I was like, Oh my God, literally, I just finished this post show talking about how I was looking forward to seeing this match. Cause you know me, I don't look at the spoilers. I don't look at spoilers at all. I wait right. until the actual match and the show happens because then that way I can do my job when I review the shows. And it's more, um, when I'm watching the shows, I, I don't like to know what's going to happen. I like yeah. to be surprised. Totally. So I was just like, really, really sad about that because 
Well, we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, that would be a bummer for real. Unfortunate for Shotzi, man. She is an Oakland, California representative, so I'm always a big fan of hers. But she's just so her character and so balls to the wall and so great and so uh, genuine that it's really unfortunate that she's been in these couple of injury situations that she has been in. So prayers up to Shotzi, man. That's unfortunate. Matt Logan says, Reg, don't give into the pressure. No pink. No pink. Um, but then on the other hand, we got Crystal Deck who says, Denise, on Wednesday, we wear pink. Pink. Oh, all right. <laughs> Grapple Geekery <laughs> says, I thought that Taven damn near killed himself with that table spot. Scared the hell out of me. Dude, like he just like went, shoosh. It was like he dove into his bed after a long, hard day at work. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> seriously like i can't take it nobody talk to me i'm going to bed that's what kind of bumpy took scary as hell but you know looks like he made it out okay Farron wolf it squeeze says people talking shit about AEW just for not having wwe numbers makes me sick AEW opens door to so much people wrestlers fans AEW deserves respect so i mean we've i don't think we've touched on tribalism as much on this podcast primarily because I feel like tribalism between AEW and WWE fans alike, it's such an ongoing conversation and we see it all the time. And so I don't know how much you've noticed, Reg. I don't know how often you search other people's like YouTubes or just content that's being put out there about YouTube. It is crazy to me how many views people can get simply by trashing the AEW product. Really? Yeah. So on my homepage, because I'm a wrestling channel, YouTube recommends other wrestling channels to me on my homepage. And so like, you can control that, like you log on and like, whatever's on your homepage Mm -hmm. is on your homepage, right? Like, even if you're not subscribed to this people, like the algorithm will like show them to you. And I see some videos where I'm like, holy shit, like this channel has 200 subscribers. And all of a sudden the video has like tens and thousands of views because the thumbnail is trashing AEW and their booking, trashing AEW and their attendance, or or whatever the situation is. And I'm like, how the hell is a channel with less than 500 subscribers getting thousands and thousands of views? Um, and it's based on, and I see this a lot, like a lot I see where people get a lot of really big numbers trashing AEW and promoting it on the thumbnail. On top of that, I obviously post a lot of WWE content on here and a lot Mm -hmm. of AEW content. I have a mixture of an audience, people that like both, people that like uh, either or. Hell, I even got people that like neither, but they're both here for some Mm -hmm. reason. I don't know. And I see and read the comments, Reg, and the amount of anti-AEW comments that flow through this page, through this channel, it is insane. And I read these comments. I never respond, of course, because everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But I read the comments and I'm legitimately blown away by how a lot of people, and I'm not saying everybody, but a good amount of people do not understand how good it is to have a second company out there that people can legitimately have careers with. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, but I see it. It's out there and you're not going to stop it, you know, like you're not going to stop it. Yeah, it's they don't understand that that makes it more healthier. If like if your dreams came true, these tribalistic guys and people, if their dreams came true and AEW died, that'd be horrible. That wouldn't be better for WWE. That'd be awful for WWE. WWE is as hot as it is in part due to 
having to go to war war with AEW. Uh, there's is a, a background invisible war that people don't know that consistently happens just because this is the wrestling business. It's always been like this and it's always going to be like this. WWE is the big dogs and they want to stay the big dogs. And the way that they've stayed the big dogs is by crushing the little dogs. AEW isn't a little dog as that could just be crushed and bought and thrown away. And that has gotten fans in a tiff. And I understand because WWE and wrestling and the Attitude Era in general made us that way. Like every week on both channels, they were saying the other channel sucks. And if you watch them, you're a dumb idiot. And one channel was saying, here's all the results for the other channel. And the other channel was saying, there's a bunch of old guys on the other channel like, this was a thing that they told us that you should be into for a long time. I was like, WWE, I'm a WWF guy. I don't care about none of that other shit. Then ECW came and things changed. But that's just kind of how they set these up. So I don't, I, I understand how today people are like that because a lot of people are kind of fresh into the game. They weren't even here for that. And a lot of people, they only know WWE. If you've only been watching wrestling for seven or eight years, AEW's only been around for five. It wasn't even then back then. WWE. So I understand all this. It's just dumb and you guys should stop. You're not getting money from any of these people. It's just an unfortunate situation. But, you know, whatever. I, I ignore all that stuff because I have to. Right, right, exactly. All right, we got Arnold, Nich Arnold Nicholson Jr. who says, solid AEW show tonight and Wardlow doesn't do it for me. Big you Ward. should try non-dairy cheese though try non-dairy cheese it try non-dairy cheese <laughs> yo i need to get a non-dairy cheese sponsor i'm out here putting it over <laughs> christopher marino says also why wouldn't wardlow show up in the main event and just kill orange cassidy i mean when they announced this match denise they were like we're sending a big heavy hitter from the, the undisputed kingdom why wouldn't you send wardlow right right <laughs> i started a movement here reg Chris sends in a super chat saying card subject to change. Hashtag I stand with OG Reg. You need to change your like Twitter name. You need to go by OG Righteous Reg now. Come on, Denise. I did not sign up for this today. The people are relating with you, Reg. The people. The people, the people. are like, you know what, Reg? We're all growing old. <laughs> we stand by you. Oh, yeah. Remember we did our uh, our age check on here one time and everybody was like, we're all old, too. So I get it. See? We're a bunch of old G's in see? here. I see y'all. <laughs> I stand with you, too, Chris. <laughs> Steven Marchuli says, which roster would you rather have, guys, AEW or WWE? Oh, that's way too hard for me. I like so many people half and half. I would take half of one side and half of the other side. It's very hard to go pick in that direction. All right. Maybe not for maybe not for Reg. But at least for me, Reg, did you have an answer on this question? Denise. Denise. Brian Danielson. Kenny Omega. Okada. Osprey. Monet. Come on. All right. Well, there you go. At least, you know what, Steven? At least Reg gave you a straightforward answer. Come on. It's not even a competition. <laughs> but I want a great wrestling roster or a bunch of actors like Roman Reynado. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You guys, I'm joking. It's a joke. <laughs> I do not stand with the OG Reg. Let that be clear. <laughs> it was a joke. I'm going to be like those people, Reg. You know what I hate? And I know a lot of people do this, right? I hate when people put, and I'm so sorry if you have this on your bio, guys. I'm so sorry. But people put um, views are my own on, you've seen that on oh, Twitter, yeah, right? Yeah, when people yeah, put yeah. that as your bio. And I'm like, no shit. I didn't log on to your Twitter page <laughs> to get the views of Todd. 
No, I understand that this is your Twitter page. No, Denise, you have to say that because people think that like uh, any t- like sometimes when I talk to like those guys at Fightful and I'm like, I'm not talking for Fightful, dude. I'm talking for Righteous Ridge or like right. I'll say something and they're like, oh, those guys at Grapsity. I'm not talking for the guys at Grapsity. I'm talking for Righteous Ridge. You know right, I mean? but you shouldn't have to explain that. Well, you know, some people are. People little... should know if you're <laughs> tweeting it, these are the really words funny. of Righteous Reg. These are not the words of Denise. These Salcido. are not the views of Todd. <laughs> of Todd. Exactly. It's what I'm freaking saying. So, like, I. <laughs> I, I I see. Oh, you just hate that they say it. Got yeah, you. don't say it. I understand. You don't have to explain to me how Twitter works. You know, like, this is your Twitter page, dude. Like it should be your views, but sometimes you have to say that because people be on some shit. Because some people really do be trying to talk for other people also because they're weird. But let them. So, anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna be that person now. These views. <laughs> what's the tweet? Reg's views are not my own. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm about to put it in my bio now. All right, let's see what we got here. We got Ellie here who says, uh, critiquing number two is important. It's not always hating. Mm-hmm. Um, I do get that, but you critique everything. Critique number one, critique number two, all yeah. of that stuff. But we can tell, I think people can tell the difference between critiquing and just straight up talking shit. Straight up hating. Some people yeah. are like, I genuinely want to, I'm giving you this to try to get, make you better. But most people don't care about that. They're just like, I hate this company and this is why, you know? Right, right. Thank you so much to Ali for sending in this super chat. Appreciate it. Um, All right, so let's keep it going. Uh, I want to go ahead and get into the uh, segment that we got here with, you know what? Okay, I was debating which one I wanted to go with first, but let's go ahead and start with this one. It's the Samoa Joe Hangman Page Swerve Strickland segment. Okay. So let's start there first because we know that this is the big match for AEW Revolution. And this was pretty, I would say, straightforward. You got Hangman and Swerve going at it. You got Samoa Joe basically shutting things down, man. I don't, I can't even tell you what he said afterwards because he went and started speaking at 100 miles per hour and literally shut both guys down and told them to, whatever this is, doesn't matter because come AEW Revolution, he is going to beat them both. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. He kind of set them straight. But this was a cool segment. Uh, and it left Hagman and Swerve arguing, handling their business. And it left Samoa Joe walking out, raising up the championship mm-hmm. and looking on top, man. Uh, what'd you think of this? Uh, I love that the way that Samoa Joe ended it like you guys shut up get out of the way I'm gonna beat both of your asses anyway so stop all this back and forth um Denise I'd like to know your opinion on Swerve Strickland's mic skills how do you feel about him as a promo guy because the last two three months he's been getting a lot of promo time and I think he's been improving a lot um but being in situations with like a guy like Samoa Joe, you can see a little bit of discrepancies in, in his promo time. He's not as comfortable as I think he should be with the, the the character that Swerve represents. I don't think his promos have gotten up to the rest of it yet, but I think he's on his way. How do you feel about him? Right. I The way that I think that Swerve has been presented, he hasn't been presented as like an MJF, for example, that goes out there and is known for his promos, right? Yeah. I think the way that I've been seeing Swerve presented, it's more so as a guy who doesn't say much, but when he says something, it's going to hit hard because there have been certain backstage promos and certain in-ring promos where I really like the verbiage of what he says, like just like random things, like not too long ago, I think it, I don't remember if it was before the first match or the second match, but one of the matches with him and Hangman, he had said something along the lines of like, 
or maybe it was Hangman. Who said the pissing on the grave thing? Mm. Is that Swerve or was that Hangman? I can't remember. Ah, shit. Well, I really liked that. So now I don't even know who said it, but someone said it and I thought it was really freaking great. Might have been, you know what? Never mind. That was Hangman. Mm. It was Hangman who said that him and his son were going to piss in the grave of Swerve Strickland after he had gone to go talk to his baby. Right, 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 right. Okay. When he broke in. Mm-hmm. Right. But during that time, they had so many promos and there was so many different moments that like stood out to me during those back and forth. But I think for me, it was more so that that kind of got over. And I'm not going to sit here and say that like Hangman or Swerve stood out to me in the sense that they were bad in their promos. Definitely not. But I mm-hmm. felt that Samoa Joe just definitely was the one that stole the spotlight. He was the one that grabbed your attention. And it's not that they were bad. It's just that they weren't as great as Samoa Joe was. But I think that when Hangman and Swerve really get personal with each other, Mm -hmm. I think that is when I'm the biggest fan of what they're saying. Because that has been good when they get very personal. I like the personal shots. Yeah, when it feels real, that's when it feels like they're like not saying lines from a script or or something that they practice. It's like, this is real. I hate this one. I'm going to beat your ass. And it always feels like that's the energy we want from the both of them. But yeah, Samoa Joe is just so exceptionally good that anything that he says feels like on a higher level than not just these guys than like uh, most of the roster. So I think that's a good problem to have because he's the world champion. He should feel like this. So I I like all of it. I think that uh, these segments are really cool for Hangman and Swerve, like you're saying, just to get more mic time, get more time to develop their characters and get more time to get people either against them or for them. It's all really good stuff. That six man or that, uh, triple threat match at the show is going to be insane and the six man that they announced for next week is just like what's going on here that's right that's that's crazy (laughs) i know so by the way that six man that reg mentioned is going to be samoa joe teaming up with swerve strickland and brian cage to take on hook hangman and um rvd yeah (laughs) all of it kind of feels random like i i feel like i read that freaking uh graphic like 10 times i'm like am i seeing this right Right now, reading it back, you couldn't even believe it. You were like, RVD. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it happened again in real time. You were like, Samoa Joe. (laughs) RVD. (laughs) I'm dead. I'm dead. Because I was, I literally screenshotted it, posted the graphic, and I was like, oh, look at this match. I wrote it down, did everything, and I'm sitting here going, oh, and RVD. I can't. That is how random. I mean, this match isn't random because they're all there for a reason. You know, yeah, Hope no, Mojo, they've told they had the their match before, a right? Right. Yeah. All of these guys are interconnected somehow, but it still feels random, even though it isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It feels super random anytime RVD's randomly there, but he had the match of Swerve. He has the thing with Hook. Like this actually does make sense. Right. It definitely does. But um, I was there's one thing that oh yeah. So remember we were sitting here not too long ago talking about how. You were thinking that Samoa Joe is going to retain at Revolution, and I was thinking that he wasn't going to retain at Revolution. Mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly is happening, but I will say this, though. I think that when Samoa Joe became champion, it kind of felt like there was going to be this very quick turnaround. Like, we yeah. weren't going to see him be champion for long. But I feel like Samoa Joe has really been winning over the people mm-hmm. to the point where I almost feel like they have to extend this even more 
because the fans are digging it. I feel like the fans are digging him as champion. Am, am I wrong here? No, 100% agree. I think that it felt like when he won the belt, it was like Joe's going to be a transitional champion, which sounds crazy saying about Samoa Joe, but in a good way. Like he's like, this is a great way to transition from champion to champion because he's a strong contender. He just tells so many stories. But yeah, the last couple of weeks, the promos that he's been doing, him being on commentary, just how he's presented. It's like, well, Samoa Joe's such a good world champion. It's like, do we want it to be over so quickly? And I think what's going to happen eventually the rest of this year, Denise, with Osprey coming in, Okada's coming in, all these people that are going to need to be AEW world champion, maybe we just let Samoa Joe extend because who knows when he'll be in line again after this. Like, let him have a nice little run because it's about to be crazy for the rest of the year. That's what I hope. I really hope that it gets crazy. Like, I want to be sitting here going like, what the hell match are we going to see next? Uh, yeah. Because I think that's really like, uh, I've been seeing it on the timeline. Of course, there's a lot of people that are like, uh, maybe not feeling a certain way about what AEW is presenting. And I know Tony Khan put out a tweet that 2024 was going to be like really freaking great. And I feel like we're, it's been a slow start getting there. Where like you think about like everything that's been happening over on the WWE side, it's been like madness, chaos. I do think AEW has been like so slowly progressing to get to like their big boom period of 2024. And yeah. I think it's going to happen like once we officially get Mercedes Monet, once we officially get Okada out there. And of course, once Will Ospreay, uh, who we officially know what his uh, first AEW match is, not his first AEW match, but his first AEW match as an official contracted wrestler to AEW is going to happen. Yes. Um, So... Let's get to that. So we found out today, and this was through Don Callis, that apparently he cannot find anybody to face Kanoshka Takeshita or Powerhouse Hobbs because everybody's afraid and nobody wants to face the Don Callis family. So he decides to take matters into his own hands and make a match within the family. So I was actually thinking, oh, we're going to get Kanoshka Takeshita versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. But then he was like, oh, the match is going to be Will Ospreay versus Kanoshka Takeshita. And I'm like, yo, that's some good shit. Like, I know this match is going to be good. However, I did see a lot of people that were saying on Twitter that they didn't like how this match was just kind of thrown together. And there are some people that didn't like that they're expecting Kanoshka Takeshita, who's been on a sh good run, uh, taking this loss. It's already expected to lose to Will Ospreay. I'm just telling you, Reg, what the people are saying on Twitter. Um, Annoying. But I will tell you this, though, I don't care because I know this match is going to be really freaking great. And I'm so excited for Will Ospreay to just get started, just get started with AEW already. These people are so dumb. Starting your AEW, uh, Will Ospreay's AEW career with the classic match that everybody's going to have their eyes on. Doesn't fucking matter who wins or loses. Wins and losses get me crazy, you guys. Don't get me started. This match, though, Denise. This is how you do it. We just talked about how loaded and crazy this main event roster is going to get. We're about to get matches like this on the regular. Every month is going to be something we're like, holy shit, that's going to be one of the best matches we ever seen. And Takeshita and Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay's coming in for his first official AEW match off the backs of having one of the best years. I've, we've been saying this for like the last five years. The best years that he's had, this is going to be one of those ones and this revolution card i think um that you're going to be at again like we talked about with a sold out crowd 
just imagine what this match is going to hit like there, Denise. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I'm looking forward to this match. Um, I think it'll be a good one. And I'm curious to see what implications this is going to have on the Don Callis family. But I want to get to what I thought was the very best segment of the show. And this includes a, pre uh, a match, but it's basically the Young Bucks versus Top Flight. So, well, I'm going to kind of throw this all in together. So we had this match. Um, afterwards, the so the Bucks win with the EVP trigger, EVP trigger. And afterwards, we end up getting this phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal pro promo from Darby Allen. So Darby Allen runs out there to help out um, Top Flight because they're, you know, the young Bucks are going out there and they're doing their stuff and whatever, right? He goes out there. And he has this really great promo where he tells the Bucks that when AEW first started, he was homeless. And he's spoken about this before. And he spoke about how he begged the young Bucks to give him a job. And they didn't because they didn't see anything in him. And he says that they went out and they hired all of their friends, their California crew. That could have been us, Reg. We could, that could have been us right there. But, <laughs> but he basically says, and we see Brandon Cutler catch some strays here because Brandon Cutler uh, is thrown under the bus when Darby Allen says that in the very first show, Brandon Cutler was on the show and he wasn't. Um, so that was kind of funny. But he went on to say that they are no longer the people that they once were, that they don't go out there and they're not about the mission statement of AEW anymore. And he basically throws them under the bus about all of these things, right? And I love this, man. I really, really love this. I thought that Darby just freaking came through strongly with this promo. I thought that they did a really good job of just I guess saying a lot of things that people say on the internet about the Young Bucks and bringing it into this promo. What'd you think of it? And what'd you think of the match? Yeah, Denise, lots, lots, lots to love on Valentine's Day about all of this, honestly. Um, the Young Bucks, I think, coming off the EVP, sorry, you guys, uh, coming off this kind of new uh, attitude and new stuff they're coming to, I thought that the matches that they would have would be a bunch of squash matches or they would have like, easy wins on their way up to this title match but this match was not that this match was everything i love and expect from a young bucks and top flight match i was just thinking about it a year ago that last february i was at the match in fresno the young bucks versus the top flight it was the jay briscoe tribute match essentially like a lot connected to that this one told a completely different story the young bucks are now in this evp thing they got the same outfits on from last week did you notice one thing about this match, Denise and the Young Bucks, since they've came back? Zero what? super kicks. No super oh, kicks yeah, at you're all. Right. They haven't hit them anywhere in any of the beatdowns and any of the matches. No super kicks. And they are the kings of the super kicks. Just a really, really crazy observation there. But this match is awesome. I thought they gave Top Flight a lot of stuff. They got to really get into all their fancy spot food spots. Everybody was really going 100%. I thought this was awesome. The match was incredible. And then Darby Allen comes and surprisingly cuts a really, really good promo. I love that. I saw some people actually saying they didn't like this promo, Denise, just because the thing that they hate is actually what I liked about the promo. Darby Allen has his own promo style. He doesn't, like, it doesn't feel like he's 
it, it feels like they're like, all right, Darby Allen, we need you to say a promo, like come up with some thoughts to have. And it's like, he has them all there and he just says them in his own space, his own cadence, his own, he has his own thing to his promos. And that's why I thought it was super strong calling out all the things we know about the young bucks or people say about them, things we hear and being like, you guys are who we, who we came into this with. You said you're going to change the world. This is going to be a revolution. This is none of that. You just hired Brandon Cutler, a bunch of California boys. Like these are all things that people say still to this day. And they still talk about the California crew, the California connection. They also talk about, but these are all things that they, uh, that they say. So to bring them kind of the light, I think was awesome. There's also people like, thinking that it's too inside you know what I mean like there's too there's too much inside baseball as they like to call it and I'm like that's part of the young bucks gimmick though like that's the like that's the whole thing is they do this inside baseball thing they kind of kind of get you to talk about the things that you know about that we're not supposed to talk about really strong angle all around I think the match is going to be awesome I think this made Darby look good like this was dope I thought this was the best part of the show, the Darby promo. So like even hearing yeah. people that didn't like it, I'm sorry. This was the my favorite part of the show. And I feel like, you know, there's the, when it comes to Darby and his promos, he has few and far in between, but yeah. all the ones that he does hit hard because as you were talking, I was remembering some of his past promos that I really enjoyed. Do you remember the ones that he had when he was going into that fatal four-way match at Double mm -hmm. or Nothing with MJF and all of those ones? I thought that Darby Allen out outshined a couple of people in that. I mean, minus MJF, yeah. of course, but he went out there and he freaking delivered, man. And I almost feel like Darby Allen, like, again, we don't get very many promos from him, but I do feel that when he does them, they hit hard because, like you said, they don't feel rehearsed. They feel like he's literally just talking. It's kind of like the same thing you were saying about Swerve and what makes Swerve things really good. He doesn't say a lot, and he's not, like, the most talkative guy. But when he does, it hits really hard, and you want to focus in on exactly what he's saying because you know it has some kind of weird abstract meaning behind it, but it fits his character so well. And when it comes to the ins inside baseball stuff, let's be real. AEW does a whole lot of this. That's what they because do. Because <laughs> they have a hardcore audience. And right. for the most part, people know what they're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Nobody's like, ever really else. like in the dark. Like, what are these guys talking about? Like, there's people reacting in the venue and online about it. So it's, exactly. it's not much for me. And then on top of that, like, I feel like, let's say you're like, don't know about like the internet stuff or any of the things that are reported or things like that. Chances are, if you're watching AEW, you probably know someone that can tell you what that stuff means. Yep. I legit have friends that text me and they're like, what is this? And I'm like, this, 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 you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So if you don't know, initially somebody will tell you and you don't even have to do research, just go on Twitter or social media and people will break down straight. That's what's yes. always funny about people being like, there's no stories. There's this, there's this. And I'm like, people will break down uh, stories with hour long YouTube videos on just one match or one feud it's like if you go and look for it you'll find it sometimes it's not always presented as you want on tv but that's not how this works right right all right well i was a fan of this two thumbs up for me man this was a this was a good one for me um all right and <laughs> i like alexis p who says but what about the casual <laughs> because we see that all the time on social yep. media that's everybody's thing but what about the casuals what about them? all right well i'm not here to talk about the casuals right now but let's see what people are saying this is from rafael garcia who says i was wondering during christian's coalition beatdown i knew about ftr but where is the rest of the remnants of the jericho appreciation society Angelo and Hager. We're still talking about the jazz. I thought they were done. 
the jazz the jazz i like to call him the jazz <laughs> i haven't no, even they, thought of the jericho appreciation society in months they be doing their thing on rampage that's why you don't know about it Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Why does this always go back to me not watching Rampage? Because anytime you say I haven't seen somebody in a long time, like because they've been on Rampage and you don't watch them. I feel like I'm out here catching strays for not watching Rampage. <laughs> it's a good show, Denise. They be wrestling on that thing, but you got to really like wrestling to watch it. Really well, like clearly, that. and you know what? That's it. I'm a casual, okay? You are a casual. <laughs> That's a, what about the casuals, Denise the casual? <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's get to the segment because I can't wait to hear Reg's thoughts on Shayna Wayne. Um, here we go. So Adam Copeland, Daniel Garcia, they have this match together. Uh, not a bad match, man. Like you can tell that um, freaking Daniel Garcia knew what this match meant because he went out there. He was, uh, you know, hustling, making sure that he did his very best in this. They had some good moments. I love seeing Adam Copeland go for the spear. Daniel uh, Daniel Garcia kicking him, trying to get, uh, looking like he was going to uh, get the, the win here, but he doesn't. Um, we do see Adam Copeland get the victory oh no wait, actually no this ended in a dq i'm sorry yeah. my bad uh this ended in a dq and mm. we get nick wayne and luchasaurus who come out here and they break it up this ruins adam's opportunity he was about to win this match he had uh freaking daniel garcia locked in a submission they came in attacked him causing the dq sorry guys my notes got all screwed up i forgot what i was talking about and so they're <laughs> live television but Christian Cage returned here with Shayna Wayne, and this all led to this big giant, just like I don't really want to call it like I hear people say scuttlebutt, and this feels like yeah. scuttlebutt. So this I'm gonna scuttlebutt. use it. Yeah, I'm gonna use the term for the very first time, scuttlebutt. That's what this felt like. But in this, we see Christian about to hit. No, Adam Copeland about to hit Christian Cage with the chair, and instead we see Shayna Wayne hit Adam Copeland with a low blow and this leads to them eventually hitting adam copeland with a concerto my god was this was this segment as messy as the way i explained it yes a lot started happening at one point it was it was a lot of blunder as they call it it was like the match happened and then it was like bam 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 i hated the finish i'm sorry you guys i don't like uh because it feels like Last week, you were like, this match is between Swerve and Hangman, and the winner is going to be the number one contender and get the match at the thing. Then they did the 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 finish, the screwy finish. That one worked a lot better than this one did. And then they both became number one contenders. Then they have this match where they're kind of like, the winner of this is going to be the number one contender to the TNT championship. And then they have a screwy finish where we didn't get a real winner. It was like, uh, I didn't really, I don't really like that. Regardless, I don't, I, I I just I thought that this was Daniel Garcia's match to win. It wouldn't have hurt Edge, and it probably would have been a good story to tell. But I do understand why they didn't do it. Shayna Wayne looked great though. Like that's kind of the moral of the story. She came in, gave a low blow. I'd like to get a low blow from, from her. Too. <laughs> and then uh, they gave him the concerto. All really good stuff. Really good work. What do you think they're doing here, Denise? Are they going to do a triple threat match for that belt too? That uh, two triple threat matches for the belts no it can't be it's another triple threat match i was thinking that this was going to be a straightforward adam copeland gets the win and goes on to face christian cage again so that's what, what i thought i wasn't actually expecting here? daniel garcia to win 
you weren't. I kind of thought Danny G on, on his little trajectory that he's in with his last couple wins that he might get the victory here. That's why I, I didn't really understand. I feel like they sometimes hold back a little bit. I feel like they hold back. Who? AW sometimes. I think they hold back sometimes on getting people to like actually have that big moment. Mm. So had Daniel Garcia defeated Adam Copeland, it would have been kind of a big moment, but I don't think that they would have done it. I don't think it felt... I don't know that maybe they felt that it was the right thing to go about, or maybe they just have different plans because, okay, can we, do we have to see Adam Copeland, Christian Cage again? How many times have they done it in AEW? Has it been once? I know for sure it's once, once. but I'm pretty sure they, I thought I saw it twice. Yeah. You sure it was just once? They did the match in Canada. No, no, no. Maybe. Yeah. I think it is twice because they did the match in Canada, the original one. And then they did the pay-per-view match. Yeah. With the. Okay. Thank you. I was like, I know I'd seen this match more than once. Um, so to me, it's like, all right, do we need to see this match a third time? Not really, unless you really do some crazy stipulation that hasn't been done or whatever. And I just didn't see Daniel Garcia grabbing the spot for Adam Copeland. So that's why I didn't see him winning this. Well, look, what I, now I'm extra confused as to what happened. Like, well, who's going to get the title match now? Are they going to do a tag match like I thought about? And I was like, that idea I think they're going to do a six-man. With who else? I um, think it's going to be Luchasaurus. Nick Wayne and uh freaking Christian Cage versus Daniel Garcia, Adam Copeland, and a mystery third person. I don't know, RVD, because he's everybody's mystery <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah, all right. I don't know. I thought that was. Christian was gonna defend his belt at the show, is all I thought, but he doesn't have to. I mean, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have to. Yeah. Would you rather well, I don't know, would you rather see like a tag team or a six man, or would you rather see Adam Copeland and uh freaking Christian Cage go at it again? I don't have this a lot of interest in the one-on-one match, but I feel like they just did a six man. What was that at full gear? Didn't they do a yeah, six man at full time. gear? But I've been like on a pay-per-view with with Adam Copeland. Do you want to put him in another six man? Like put him in a singles match. I don't know. I feel like we see them all the time, like constantly. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen here. But anyways, that's where we're at with this. I guess we'll figure out what the actual uh, TNT championship match is going to be down the line. All right. Thank you so much to Rafael Garcia. We got Sheldon Jackson here who says with Takeshita versus Osprey happening. Do you think this will be the match in which Osprey breaks away from the Don Callis family and reunites with Ozzy Open and reunites the United Empire and AEW officially? So I had mentioned like, um, when we were talking about this, like what this means for the implications of the Don Callis family. And this crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Will Ospreay breaking away from the Don Callis family? Because you got to add some sizzle to this. It just can't be, oh, these two guys. I mean, it could be just these two guys are in the same family having this match. And then they shake, they have the match, they have a competitive bout. And then what? They shake hands afterwards and we move about our merry day. Yeah, yeah. sure, that can happen. <laughs> But maybe you want to add some little extra sizzle to it. I mean, this is Will Ospreay's big start in AEW. I think the reason that they set the match up like this is because they're getting to this. The reason that, because how often do we hear that Will Ospreay's in the Don Callis family? That's not a thing that comes up consistently. And so for him today to be like, Will Ospreay's in our family and see you on blah, 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 is why I think that they're leading to Osprey being like, I'm not a part of this family and give me Kyle Fletcher too. We're out of here, dude. I think that's where we're leading to this. But that match is going to be insane. I hope so too. I hope that this is what goes down because uh, we need to add something, some intrigue to that. Mm -hmm. Besides the great match, you know, some story on top of it. Uh, Crazy one-on-one says, to be fair, they don't have a ladder match yet. That's true. That's true. They do like those ladder matches at Revolution, face of the Revolution ladder match. 
Yeah. Some good things are being said here, but like, still though. So what do they do? Do they do, uh, uh, do you think they'll do just like a, instead Christian Cage won't wrestle and we'll see like a freaking number one contenders type thing? I don't think so. I really don't know, honestly. They need to do, I think Christian needs to defend his belt though. All right. All right. But yeah, Crazy 101 is right. We still don't have the face of the revolution match uh, set up yet. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move on from here. I want to go ahead and get into one of the other really good segments. And that was the timeless Tony Storm wet ink vignette that we got here. Reg, this was good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. This was very, very good stuff. So basically, Tony Storm is adding to her tattoo. And as she's uh, getting this tattoo... The way this video is shot is giving you some very suggestive imagery. You know? And audio. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, The Wikifee people were very, very happy during this. Mm -hmm. And during this, we get some really good lines. And in fact, I feel like this needs to be a t-shirt or something. Because Tony Storm tells uh, Deanna Perrazzo in this that she basically took pity upon her, that she became her friend because she felt bad for her and that she helped her get a contract and she really helped her with her career. And then she says, quote, I nurtured you on my bosom of brilliance. You suckled on my teat of talent. And now you bite the tit that feeds you. <laughs> Good you, execution, Denise. Or you bit the? Did you say bite the tit tit that feeds you, or bit the tit that feeds you? Either it's way, bit it works. The tit, bit the tit that feeds you. God, mm-hmm. I feel very like my work. Like it just doesn't come out. It just doesn't yeah. come out. I don't mm-hmm. speak this way. I've never said bosom <laughs> until today. Way. Thirty-one years of my life, I never had to say bosom. I didn't even know how to spell it. I wrote b o z u m. Well, people don't say bosom like that anymore. That's an old-timey thing. That's why it hits so hard, man. Yeah, this segment was insane, Denise. Her uh, commentary throughout, her random moaning and, and and grunting that she's doing while getting the tattoo. I love that she didn't get the tattoo covered up. She just got added onto it. I was like, man, this is telling a really good story. She's amazing, Denise. Do you have... Did we talk about this last week? I think that Deanna should beat her. Um... I don't know. What side are you on? I think Deanna should beat her too, actually. Yeah. 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 I think we need to start things off with a bang. I think that they need to get to it. Why why not? I mean, people are still going to be interested in Tony Storm. People are interested in Tony Storm primarily right now because of the character. The character is not going to go away. Yeah, exactly. She can probably even lean harder into the character without the belt. But here's the thing, though. You could tell a longer story here. You could have Mariah May help her out. She keeps the belt because Mariah May helped her out. Deanna Perrazzo gets screwed. You can do a follow-up match, give a really cool stipulation because I think they're doing a really good job here and they legitimately have a past and they have a history mm-hmm. and they're doing a really good job of telling that that I almost want to see this extended a little bit. And I feel like a lot oh. of times with the female feuds in AEW, it's a very quick and go type of thing. We haven't gotten a, a meaty, in-depth story with the women I don't know. Like, when's the last time you could think of one that really went a really good, uh, you know, that they had several matches, that they had a lot that happened in it? Right? Like, there's not that many. It's usually like, oh, she's having this match with Riho. She has the match with Riho. Oh, that's over. And moving on to the next one. Moving on to the next one. That's a lot of how it's felt. 
So I yeah. feel like this one, they can take their time with it because both of them are doing such a good job. Yeah, I was thinking of Athena and Ring of Honor, but that's a little bit different. But yeah, I think that um, if they're going to, they can extend this if Deona's going to eventually win. If we're doing going to extend this and Deona's not going to get anything, that's going to hit a little bit different. It all depends on the follow-up. As right, always. because if you have Mercedes Monet coming in, do you think they give her the, sh the title right away? Yeah, I would, but that's just me. Yeah. What title, though? The AEW Women's Championship. Um, Mercedes Monet is getting one of those belts, if, I, if it's me. The TBS or the AEW Women's Championship um, off rip because she's a big star like that. But the good thing for the women, not for her, she might not be ready still. So I don't know. I don't know either, but anyways, I was a big fan of what they did here, and they need to put this on a t-shirt. They need to continue on. Deanna Perazzo, she just basically responds by saying she's going to break her arm. Yeah, I loved it. I love it. Both her and Renee just being like, what did we just watch? And then her being like, I don't care. I'm going to break her arm. Great. I loved it, man. It's some good stuff there. Um, all right, guys, let's go ahead and press on from here. Since we're talking about the women, uh, let's get into Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue. Uh, man. When, when freaking Willow hits that pounce, every yeah. single damn time it always gets me. Willow picks up the victory. How'd you feel about this match? I thought this was a really, really strong match. They got the uh, worst slot for women's wrestling in AEW, but I thought giving the time that they got, both of these women are uh, fan favorites, even though uh, Sky Blue's uh, heel now. She still has built uh, uh, a thing with the fans that they just kind of are excited about a lot of her matches. These two women together in their first match, I thought was they have a lot of chemistry. They are they had a really hard hitting match. Uh, uh, um, spacing with how they were in the match, which was going to come with the Orange Cassidy and um, Matt Taven match. I think that the the spacing and what they did in this match was really good. This is a strong showing, and I'm glad that Willow's getting wins, Denise, because for so long she was set up. She was put into positions, and then she didn't get any wins. And so for her to get a win here, I think was an important. Yeah, I agree. This was good stuff here. All right, we got one final thing to get into on this show. Before we get to that, just a friendly reminder to everybody that if you guys haven't yet, please check out all of the content that I've been posting. I recently posted an interview with Tony Khan and with Darby Allen. If you guys want to check those out, please do. Um, on top of that, I have so much WWE content, so many interviews that I got with Literally everybody, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Jade Cargill, uh, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, so many cool people. All of that is here on the channel. On top of that, if you are an Impact Wrestling fan, TNA Wrestling fan, I uploaded an interview today with Danny Luna. Uh, Reg, you and I did the post show for Hard to Kill, and we talked about how impressive Danny Luna was. And yep. so if you guys watch that show, you guys know how she stood out. I have a conversation with her that is up right now on the channel. Uh, so so please check out some of the other content. If you guys haven't subscribed, make sure you do so. I am like less than like 800 subscribers away from 145,000, which is huge wow. for me. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, I have a wow. lot of goals for this channel for this year. So please uh, join the family and subscribe. And also I will be back on Friday to talk about SmackDown. And of course the Rock and Roman Reigns are going to be on. So that'll be fun. And uh, there's no collision this weekend. So no collision post show, but Let's get to the and, last and Before we move on, Denise, I want to say congrats because you've been destroying it this year oh. with the interviews and all your views and every all your subscribers. 
the interviews that you've done so far this year, it feels like you've done 100 already at this point. I know. I'm at All have been amazing. 43. 43. 43. Yeah, and I shot another one today, but I have to edit it still because I had some audio issues. How many Um, did you end up with, and and do you know, off the head total last year? Oh, last year? No. You know, last year I didn't really keep count. Like, I just didn't. You have to keep count from the beginning. If not, you lose count, to be Mm -hmm. honest. And then there's, like, some interviews that I did that like didn't end up coming out on video but like i wrote an article about them so i'm like oh should i count those should i not count those like they were still interviews they were probably not videos but i still wrote articles about them so um anyways i'm doing things a little bit more organized this time around you know i'm trying to like actually update the notes app on all of this stuff so yeah but uh it was a good time though in las vegas a really really good time i had a great time um all right so Last but not least, we got one match to talk about, and that is Dax Harwood and John Moxley. And this was the opening match of the night. And this was, you know, you were getting chops from Dax Harwood to John Moxley. You were getting guys, both of these guys, on all fours, literally smashing their head up against each other. We had um, freaking Dax get... We know we first had John Moxley get Dax with a clothesline and didn't take him down, but then Dax reversed it and gave him a clothesline, and Mox went down right away. Um, there was some good stuff in this, but it almost seems like they were going to go to a time limit draw, but it didn't mm-hmm. happen. John Moxley won via submission, and even afterwards wouldn't break up the hold. So we had Cash Wheeler go in and attack John Moxley, and then the BCC came out, and this led to a whole match that's going to be happening next week, which is going to be John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli versus FTR kind of a lot in there also there was another announcement that was made during this reg we're going to be seeing the CMLL guys versus BCC over in Arena Mexico and that is happening uh, in Mexico so a lot what did you think of all of this <laughs> I thought this is a, a great way to start the show John Moxley is the MVP of men's AEW so him starting the show is always such a great way to do it uh, Dax Hardwood, as we know, all, is a very incredible singles wrestler on top of being a really incredible tag team wrestler. So we knew this match was going to bang. These guys just beat the shit out of each other. That's all it is. This kind of match that you would expect of two guys just standing in the ring, punching each other, chopping each other, trying to rip each other's head off, kissing each other also if there was, uh, if you like that kind of thing. This match was, uh, I thought, a great way to start the show with just two hard-hitting ass dudes and leading to this kind of amazing match that's going to happen next week. Um, I'm excited to see Claudio and Mox in that setting to see what they do because FTR has been doing so many incredible things with so many different opponents. This is going to be interesting. But yeah, the real meat and bones to me is that they announced that the BCC is going to be in Arena Mexico for CMLL. Seeing Brian Danielson face off with someone that he said that's been a dream match for like his old entire career. Blue Demon, Blue Demon or Blue Panther? Uh, Whatever, I'm high. You guys know what match it is. (laughs) CMLL is going to be all. I can't wait. Willow Nightingale is also going to be in CMLL. Her partner. Let me me pull up the card here. All right. So for the guys, uh, it is. So it is Mystico, Volander Jr., John. Oh, sorry. uh, Blue Panther and Ultimo Guerrero versus John Moxley, Claudio Castagnelli, Brian uh, Danielson, and Wheeler Yuta. And then uh, we're also seeing Willow Nightingale, as you mentioned, and Ooh. she's in a six-woman tag, Awkward. and she's going to be in that with um, Willow Nightingale, Tessa Blanchard, uh, La Catalina, 
and she's going to be facing Stephanie Vakur, uh, Zuxis, and Yuvia. Um, they're going to be having a match there uh, as well. Yes. Awkward. Where's she been at? Um, shout out to Willow being able to go to Mexico, but her partner sucks. <laughs> I'm happy for Willow to get this opportunity. Has she wrestled in Mexico before? I think so. I'm not 100% positive. Though. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm not yeah. sure, but this is very cool. Very excited to see what they do there, but that was it. That was AEW Dynamite. Um, Reg, before we close out the show, what do you have plans? Do you have any V-Day plans, plans going on? No, I don't. When you... I can't talk about it right now. But when you live a life like I do, you can't be gone. You, you just can't. Okay. Well, you know? I'm going to assume that you haven't seen Lover, Stalker, Killer. Have you seen Lover, Stalker, Killer on, on Netflix? No. What is that? Okay, it's about this guy, and I was going to send it to you and tell you to watch it because I was just assuming. <laughs> so don't mind me if I cross the line. But <laughs> Okay, so there's this guy who goes on this dating app, and, like, he finds a woman, right? See, I can't watch. It's too, it hits too close to home already to me. That's why Go I'm ahead. telling you, continue, you should probably continue. watch it because he meets this woman online, and then he meets another woman on... Uh, sorry, he meets another woman in person. Um, But... There's these problems that happen. I don't want to spoil it for you or for anybody here, but you should watch it is what I'm saying. Lover, Stalker, Killer on Netflix. Watch it. It's too close to home, Denise. I'm going to be thinking about it every time I try to go out on a date with the woman. I don't have time for that. I know, but same. <laughs> Best to know what's going on out there, you know? Denise, you're going to be watching one of my documentaries on Discovery ID by one of these women. Chop me up and put me in her freezer. You better talk about me well on here. <laughs> I'm going to be like, well, Jeez. on our February 14th episode of AEW Dynamite, <laughs> I had told uh, Righteous Reg that he should have watched. OG Righteous Reg. OG Righteous Reg that he should have watched <laughs> Lover, Stalker, Killer on Netflix. You know, he just didn't know what the red flags were. And unfortunately, now he's six feet under. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm already ready for the Netflix interview. You're ready already. Oh, my God. You got your lines. <laughs> Oh man. Ridiculous. Oh. No Valentine's Day plan. I got nothing going on. I'm gonna get high and swipe right. Yo, what's up? All right. All right. <laughs> Red, you're gonna let me swipe right for you one of these days. Yeah. One time I had this friend. Um, she was a girl and she was looking for guys, right? So like she gave me her phone and I was like picking the guys for her. It was very, very fun. You don't know my style, Denise. I can't put my trust in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll be surprised i'll get you i'll get you some good stuff i'll look around for you all right we'll see <laughs> hey man i'm married okay i don't date anymore i don't go out I exactly don't know out so why are you picking dates from me you don't because, know what that life is like because i got i can't choose anymore i don't got those options for me so now i can choose for other people not even going out to dinner with your husband on Valentine's Day. Denise. Tomorrow. Be we're going tomorrow. <laughs> we're going tomorrow to dinner. <laughs> like, I'll make you feel guilty and you're not even doing anything wrong. <laughs> oh, man. Reg, where can yes. the people find you? Where can the people support you? Uh, you know, you can find me at Righteous Reg on all your socials. I'm at 10,000 people on Twitter now. I can't believe it. It's been a long time coming and I hate it. Uh, thank you everybody for supporting there. That's super cool. You can find me uh, every Saturday. I'm with Philip Lindsay on the Grab City podcast. 
Um, today I had a great conversation on Indeed. This week is uh, this month is Black History Month on Indeed, and I had a good conversation with Billy Dixon, my co-host Jay Rose. Definitely check that out. Every Wednesday I'm here with Denise. Every Thursday it's the ROH Post Show with Kate, and tomorrow we got Ask Rhapsody. And there's no other wrestling shows this weekend to watch, so yeah. you guys have fun out there. <laughs> yeah, and oh, by the way, since we're talking about Black History Month, I also recently saw Till on Amazon. Did you get to see Till on Amazon? It's freaking sad, man. I mean, everybody here knows the story, obviously, but the story, the the movie, was some great acting in there. So if anybody's looking for a good movie to watch, I recommend uh, Till. Over there's some that I can't. That yeah, I it's can't very watch. hard. It's like very hard. One, there's this movie called Fruitvale Station. I don't know if you mm -hmm. ever heard of it, but it happened here in Oakland. A guy got murdered at the BART station by one of the BART security guards. BART is like a public transit type thing, you guys. And so, like, it happened here in Oakland, and I, like, can't even start to watch it, the movie. Like, I know the story, but I can't watch the movie. Until it's exactly like that. Like, I know the story. I can't. <laughs> like, it, my, it I can't. Hard. It was hard. Like, literally, yeah. like, five minutes into the movie, I was, like, bawling tears. And I'm like, God damn, why did I choose to watch the movie? But, hey, man, watched it. It was a good movie. Uh, I forget the actress's name that plays the mom, but she did phenomenal like phenomenal work so if anyone's checking out a movie uh i recommend that one and if not you can watch lover stalker killer on netflix because that don't one was that. really good too you guys don't watch that <laughs> i only i only recommend sad and scary stuff <laughs> that's sad and scary <laughs> <laughs> that's all i do i just watch things and get depressed wow oh man guys all right guys that is the show thank you so much to everybody watching please do not forget to subscribe and we'll catch you guys on the next one bye everyone